time greats at Eastern Suburbs Rugby League, Alan Curry with us before we get to Alan. Welcome Mike Simpson, how are you Simo? Good Berkey, uh, yep, myriad sentiments mate, uh, good to have Alan on the show, absolute legend mate, me being an East Tigers tragic, uh, yes. it's, it's it's a real pleasure. So Alan Curry, welcome to the show, Alan, how's things mate, good to see you after all these years. Yeah, great David, yeah, see you Al follow now and then. <laughs> how old are you now, Al, if you don't mind me asking a, a direct question? I'll be 74 in July, David. Wow. Okay. Well, mate, we've got a lot to unpack. Um, so what I want to do is maybe pair back to the to the early days of Alan Curry. What was Alan Curry's childhood like as a as a kid growing up? Well, believe it or not, I was born over the border, Dave, in Wollombar. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, really. Yeah, 46. Yeah. So uh, my family moved up here at an early age to Queensland. My dad got a job on the railway and uh, so I was about four when we moved to Queensland. We lived at Wakehold, their old uh, army huts left over after the war which they turned into housing commission homes, you know. Did they? And they, uh, we stayed there for quite a while then we moved to Rock Lee which was the same setup, army huts left over after the war, they turned them into housing commissions before we got a house at Holland Park. And uh, it took a while for me to get into league, even though I came from a league family. My dad played New South Country in 1930 from out of Newcastle. Wow. Yeah, so he had a good name on the tweed, my old dad, yeah. What position was he? Was he a, was he a back row like yourself or somewhere no, else? He was, he was a centre. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, he played against the old Jack Reed. And I just... Uh, in the early days, have a good discussions with old Jack Reed from the Korea Mail. He used to do the footy write-ups and so forth. Sit down and have a talk with old Jack. Yeah, remember Jack? He was a good reporter. He was, yeah, good man. And yeah, surprising, David. I didn't get into the league till I was about fifteen. I went to a little school at Holland Park, Savile Road, where I, they played Aussie Rules. So I played Aussie Rules, and believe it or not, my first venture onto Langlands Park was training for Cooper Rivers and Aussie Rules. <laughs> is that right? It is, yeah. So I played there till under 14s and uh, I was going home one day. I lived in a bloody league area, you know, and uh, my mates are hassling me, come and play league with us, have a join, you know, join up with us. So I ended up joining with them and uh, strangely or not, they didn't even have a team. So they got a bloke from the area to coach us and he ended up getting us jerseys and... Uh, we call ourselves the Seville Devils from Seville Road, you know. Fair dinkum. <clears throat> so once you got your taste for league, Alan, that was basically the end of the AFL. You sort of then enjoyed that love of league from there with your mates? Yeah, stayed with league and we played there for quite a while to Seville Road. Then me and a couple of mates ended up going joining Mount Eagles, you know. Had a good side. And I don't know if you ever knew the name Bobby Tronk. I know Bob yeah. Tronk. I grew up yeah. with his son, Scotty. He was my best yeah, mate. Scotty, yeah, school. got Scotty. And uh, he coached over there. And they got our first understanding of the game, you know, and positional play and so forth through Tronky, you know. So it was quite good. I was about 18 or 19, you know. Okay. And after that, uh, 
once you got to 20, you had to go down to play with East in the Colts division. So prior to go, you know, going down there, they had East 1 and 2, which we played against each other. Then I got called up into national service, you know, in 67. Uh, okay. I'm turning 21, we get called into Nasho. So I was away and I did recruit training at Singleton. Yep. In New South Wales. And when you go to the Army, they play union. So surprisingly, I have into service, uh, into barracks sports, you know, and they picked a team out of that. And I was fortunate enough to get picked in the union side that toured around Maitland and Singleton and that and played against union sides. And uh, in doing so, we uh, end up going to play in Sydney in a trial game against the Air Force. The Air Force, we played the Air Force, the Navy played the, uh, the coppers, you know. <laughs> Now, Alan, if I can remember um, vividly as a kid, some of those pre-origin games with the Army versus the Navy were absolute bashathons. Was it something similar in Union when they used to play against each other? Oh, mate, they were tough. Uh, you should have seen the <laughs> police and the coppers go out of uh, the, the Navy, mate. That was, uh, she was on for young and old, mate. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. They were they were great wars. Some of those early origin pre-match games used to get there just for the just for the blues. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, <laughs> and while I was there, David, surprisingly, I got picked in a combined services side in uh, Army, Air Force, and Navy, and uh, got to play against the All Blacks in North Sydney Oval. Wow! Wow! Nineteen sixty-eight. That was against the, that's when the Mead brothers were playing for New Zealand. You know. Yeah, tough hombres. Okay, yeah, got run over. <laughs> they had a, a hell of a side, you know, the, the All Blacks. So, great. Alan, what happened? Um, so, what happened then with the transition after after your national service? How long were you at, at Singleton for? Well, there just for recruit training. Then we went to North Head Artillery School, which is at Manly. North Head's Manly. Mm -hmm. uh, some blokes that have a heart attack going there, the discipline in the school, you know. <laughs> like you're up every morning polishing your floors, your windows, your brass fittings, and uh, they check you every morning, even the insteps on your dress shoes had to be polished, you know. And they check you every bloody day, you know. So, Alan, as a 20-21-year-old, um, how did that, how do you think that discipline helped Alan Curry with his football? I think it stayed with me for the rest of my life, you know. The uh, discipline you get, you know, you learn respect and discipline is just a great thing. Good morals, aren't they? Yeah. So you found that discipline really helped your footy career. So getting back to Wakehall, how did you then sort of get back to East from there? Well, from there, we were from out of the uh, Wakehall, a first field regiment moved over to Anogra. Uh, and uh, you wouldn't believe it. I was trying to find somewhere to get into a footy side, you know, in the area. And uh, I went over and had a run with South, believe it or not. And uh, just a trial game, you know. And who's coaching was Elton Rasmussen. Oh. He was come back from St. George, you know, yeah, Elton. Of course. Yeah. I remember him, old Elton. And yeah. that didn't sort of work out. So then I went and had a run with uh, West, well, Barry Muir was coaching him, you know. Yeah, and bloody. Wayne Stewart and we were playing at the time with them, you know, and it didn't sort of work out. So I ended up going playing with the Normby Hotel because yeah, way and exercise and drills and so forth. So, so then you went back to East after West didn't work out, correct? Yeah, it worked out. I uh, 
1970 when I went back to East after I finished my services. Okay. I, um, I'll throw to Simo in a minute, Alan, but I was watching some, uh, I was watching some uh, YouTube videos last night of some of those East Sides in the 70s, Alan. Simo, do you want to take it up from there, mate, about some of those East Sides in the 70s and, and what Alan was a part of? You know, we've got the 72, the 77 and the 78 grand final, all three uh, grand finals that you played a part in. And um, Berkey and I were just talking about this during the week of um, how the old Lang Park used to be pre-Broncos. Um, so just take us back to that 72 grand final, mate. I mean, like, what what are your memories? Like, do you, do you have the memories still from, from the dressing sheds walking out? Yeah, I do. I, we played Valleys also in 71, you know. Yeah. They, you know, the old Mickey Richless, he was there. Yep. Still there. Marty Scanlon, those guys. Marty Scanlon, yeah, got to know Marty pretty well. Nice bloke. Great guy. Yeah. So, yeah, people often ask me, I'm just a bloke that goes along to enjoy the game and meet people, you know, and, and be a part of the team and so forth. But it was a real dust bowl under 71 and 72, if you remember, by yeah. the time it got to September. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just locked into the job you had to do on the day and your positional play, you know, and uh, just went around your business, you know. And, uh, what do you remember about the crowds back then, Al? Like, um, speaking of that, that YouTube footage that Berkey was just talking about, the one thing that uh, that amazes me was that the fans could come down onto the actual sidelines? There, there, there was no security. There was, there was not. You, you could just sit down on the ground. I even saw a German Shepherd dog yep. running, running, <laughs> up running up on the, the field. Yeah. Do you still but, remember those crowds? Like seventy-seven or seventy-eight, there was thirty-eight thousand people. As you said, they let people come onto the field. Amazing. And uh, Jeff McDonnelly came up, played fullback with us. Yeah. Have a, have a kick at goal. He had to get him to open it up so he could get a run back, get a run up to the, yeah, have a kick at goal, you know, from the sideline. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember playing, well, I'd start off as a 5 8 with these, you know. Yeah. Then I got moved to the centres, then from there to the wing. And I said, you know, this is great. Four runs a game, five tackles. <laughs> you last forever, you know. Nice. <laughs> then, uh, Probably looking up through that defence. I used to come off the wing and I take centres out of play, you know, and hit them, you know. We had a young bloke come up to play with us, young Johnny Atkins. He just got back from England, and uh, one of our centres got hurt and he got promoted to first grade. And he was really worried because he's up against a good centre, you know. But I just can't think of his name. He came up from down New South Wales. So I think Ronnie Raper might have brought him up, you know. And he was around the area and the hour. The scrum goes down, the ball comes out, and the centre gets it, and I just come straight off the wing and took him out of play, you know, and old TV said, that's the way to do it. He said, grass, he said, give them split vision. They don't know what's going to get there first. You were the wall. <laughs> <laughs> old TV. And old Johnny said, I was all right after that, Grassy. I knew you were looking after me. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a good experience, you know. Then, um, Alan, where did the nickname uh, Grassy come from? From from I used to tackle low, hit them around the ankles, you know. But that's from your centres and your wings, you know. But it gets a bit different when you get into the forwards, you know. The confrontations are much closer and quicker. Yeah. So yeah. Alan, I remember as a kid watching you play, and you were a kamikaze. 
basically. And I, I, I remember watching you as a 12 or 13 year old, and I think you made guys earn their tackles. Was that how you used to like to play the game? You really would like to make guys earn their tackles when they were, when they were trying to put you down because you, you ran at 100 mile an hour. Well, you know, you're not just a target. You've got to spare your hand, you know. So, yeah, you know, you, you know you're going to hit, they're going to hit you. So you're going to hit them as hard as they're going to hit you, you know. For runners, you know, you're going up and there's a line coming up. So you, you aim at one bloke and you just put the accelerator on and just aim up to him. <laughs> Make let, him, him. Let, him let him know he's going to earn his tackle, you know. Well, it's a great way to play the game. And you see a lot of players these days, they, they sort of, are playing, are running up for a block play. They're not really going to do a lot of damage. It was a big difference between the way you guys ran then and how they run today in a lot of players. Yeah, they really go for, uh, you know, sh shutting the ball down, don't they? They go, yeah, that's, high. that's all they do, you know. And I don't, you know, I watch some of these blokes play and uh, you just understand why blokes run out, break out of tackles, but, you know, it's the way they coach and the way they've got to run the ball and it's the way they're told to do it, you know. Yeah, correct. They've got their corridors to run and stay left and right side plays, you know, and that's it. Uh, Al, you, you've played with some great players, mate, uh, at the Tigers, you know, like I'm talking like Johnny Lang, Rod Morris, you know, those sort of Paul Kahn. Did, what what was the camaraderie like back then, mate? Like was it uh, like we a, a close-knit bunch? Yeah, very close. They're stuck together, you know. And you talk about Roddy, you know, he comes to the club and he, he wants to be a hooker. Well, son, you ain't going to be a hooker. Johnny Lang's hooker. <laughs> 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 so he wants to be second row, you know. It's, a, it's an interesting story. And uh, second row, well, his brother's a coach and captain, you know. And uh, yeah. Jeff Connell, I don't remember him. He's an international. He played for Australia. He was the other second row, you know. So Roddy makes his way to tight head prop and he kicks the goal, you know, and he goes on from there. But he, you know, he was a bloke that had a plan and he got there and did well. Like your front rows in those days, Paul Kahn was a fantastic Queensland player, went to Sydney. Rod yeah. Morrison, Australian prop, first Queensland origin prop, had a great career in Sydney. So it was a really good solid pack. Yourself, Johnny Lang, um, it, was, it was a very solid forward pack in those days. Yeah, well, I first got introduced to bloody Locke, you know, that he, you have your have pre-season, our Woolies knockout comp, which is yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, if you won uh, Sunday, you had an hour's break and you came out and played the finals, you know. Is that it right? That, it was that quick, you know, over the three-day thing, until they spread it out. I, I, I didn't even, I, I forgot all about that, actually. Yeah, and prior to that, when... Uh, in that Willie knockout concert, when old Ted thought he'd try me out as lock, you know. So I'm in there running around, hitting and tackling, and comes the first fixture. My name's down at lock. You go in and read the board to see where you're playing, and I'm down at lock. What's going on here? <laughs> 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 and the game was out of Lang Park that week, you know. You know, you go from wing to lock, you know, you yeah. push scrums, you're rocking it up, you're covered defending. And I'm going off at half time. I said to Langy, I said, Langy, I'm gone. I've got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> he said, You'll get your second win. I said, There's no second win. No second win's coming here today, brother. It's all over. <laughs> Must have took me about eight weeks, nine weeks to adjust to the, the work rate, you know. Can I fast forward to 1977? Um, yeah. 
obviously a fantastic year for East, but more importantly yourself personally, like a Rothmans medal winner in 1977. Can you maybe just give us some insight um, how you how you felt your year was going, um, how the Rothmans type of thing unfolded and, and sort of where that sits in your list of achievements? Yeah, well, David, I... Uh... Me, I'm just, as I said, easy going bloke. Never even think of those things. I just go along and play my game and uh, be a part of the club and the team, you know, wonderful club. And uh, I was walking out of the, after training a week prior to that Friday night presentation and Arthur Sparks, the great man with our club, you know, he said, Alan, I was just walking out, he said, Alan, you're going to the Rothmans dinner. You might have had noticed that I'd possibly won it, you know. Oh, I said, Arthur, no, I don't think I'll go. I'll, I'll be, I'll stay home for the night, you know. He said, oh, Alan, look, if, I'll get you a suit or something, you know. I'll, oh, you see. <laughs> I said, Arthur, do you really want me to go? He said, yeah, I'd like to go along and represent the club, Alan. <laughs> I said, okay, Arthur, I'll do it. I'll go get a suit, you know. So it goes along, I goes along, and it was at the old Melbourne Hotel, I believe. Oh, South Brisbane, okay. Yeah, Gary Balkan had the pub, I think. Yeah. And, Correct. And uh, yeah, so it was a nice surprise to find it, you know, now that I win it, but it was a hell of a surprise, all right. Well, from a rugby league perspective, I mean, being the best and fairest play in the competition um, is is really the ultimate. It's a very prestigious award. Uh, have you still got the medal somewhere nice and safe, I assume? Yeah, my wife said it from me, so I can't sell it, you know. <laughs> Short of a dollar, you know. I bite off you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> so, can I ask? Can I ask you, El? Um, I was only just talking to Colin Scott recently about um, communication with how people got invites and and what have you. But he was saying that when he got selected to play for Queensland, he was sent a telegram to say that he'd been inside. Yeah. What, what was that the the sort of the, the the normal thing back then too? Like when you got uh, selected for rep teams and stuff like that, you got a telegram. Oh, I didn't. I sort of got it through the club from the club, you know. Yep. Well, I didn't play many representative games. I uh, played, made a reserves a few times. You know, we had some good locks around at the time. Yep. yep. Normie Carr, and Johnny Rebo, and Ian Tiny. Yeah, Ian Tiny. They, He'd run all day in a wet rag, old Ian Tiny. <laughs> Never stopped the old Ian. Hey, Alan, fast forwarding to 78. I mean, East were at the peak of their powers in 78. Well, I got suspended after winning a Rothens medal. I got suspended in uh, 78. We had uh, had them on the, in their court and one of the wingers, I think it might have been Vic Ty. He came to ruck one out for him, you know, and sorry, Rick, you shouldn't be in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, he hit him a bit high, and to his credit, you know, he got up straight away, and the refs got, you know, you're gone, you know. So I ended up getting three or four weeks out of that, you know, from that. And you wouldn't believe in the grand final that year, if you ever have a look at it, Jeff Naylor, that was a big Aussie rules player that played with us. He came over from morning, so he was a front rower, you know. Mm. I don't know how far he kicked it, but it might have been around the halfway. He's got it and he's put it down. He's about five minutes to go. He's put a towering kick downfield, you know, and I sprinted after it. And while I'm sprinting after it, Jeffrey's standing there admiring his kick. I said, gee, that's a bloody good <laughs> 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 then, uh, Get your butt up here. 
the poor bloke fumbled it in goal and that's all I needed. I nailed him in, in the in-goal area. So they know how to drop kick it back to us. But I'll never forget Jeff said, yeah, I stand out admiring the kick. Kick. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and you saw me nail him in the in-goal area and he said, Jim, I better get up there and help him. <laughs> so they hey. had to drop kick it back and we only had five minutes to go or something. So we shut it down, you know. Nice. Like terrific, ter- like beautiful, magnificent east sides. I mean, I know Simo touched on some of the great players in those in that era, but was there a teammate that stood out for you you loved playing with and, and, and why you gravitated with him? Anyone that really sticks in your mind during those those golden years? Well, Jeff Denman comes to mind, you know. I learned a lot from him, you know, and his running game when I was on the wing, you know, because you see me, I was playing at Lang Park one day and... Uh, I was on the other wing, Diff played right wing. He goes down the wing and someone comes across and goes over the fence. Like, a bit like Eric Groth, you know. Mm, yeah. Drops the shoulder, this bike's on the ground, and Jeff's going a bit further. Someone else has come across, he's dropped him with a shoulder. Gets to the end goal, then some bloke's conversion next and he's running up in the end goal area. Putting it under the post, who is this bloke? <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I learned a lot from Jeff Denman. I had a lot of me football to Teddy Berenkamp. Great coach. Yeah, wonderful coach, you know. Just good understanding of the game and reading players. And not like the day where you just run your corridors. He, we knew everything about every player on the field, how he ran, how he stepped. So it made your defence a lot easier. You know, even to one stage there, we had a scrum on the blind side. We'd have a winger on the blind side actor as a cover, extra cover defence. He'd just stroll along the back line and uh, anyone made a break through there, he'd be there to pick him up as well as the lock coming out. You know, was that extra man? I remember it was one year we played Redcliffe. And I come right across and uh, Wayne Gardner, uh, Brian Gardner played for uh, yeah. Redcliffe, the winger. Yep. And they, you know, you're watching the game, you see old bunnies lining up that left side to get it running, you know, and I was a blindside winger and I just strolled along the back line and, uh, of course, you know, Gardner, he was pretty fast, you know, if you give him an inch, he'd had you. Yeah. And uh, he stepped inside the fullback and said, how you going, Wayne? <laughs> Brian, <laughs> as I whacked him, you know. <laughs> that was a great thing, you know, that extra cover defence. And uh, but from that, I had a scramble back and uh, I think they ended up scoring on from there. But, you know, just that extra defence, cover defence, old Ted advised for us, you know. Yeah. Looking through some of the plays you played against, I mean, Sim and I were talking about just, just the toughness of, of a lot of those plays in, in those eras. I mean, who was your toughest opponent that you really cherished playing against during well, the you year? Don't, you don't cherish playing against them because they're going to no, hit you. <laughs> that, that you look forward to playing and and, and um, uh, testing your medal. Anyone that really sticks out during that era you, you love coming up against? Well, you, you like playing against them and you end up becoming good mates with them later, you know. And yeah. first of all, when Eamon come across from Fiji to... Eamon Gutawai. you played in the centres, you know. He just played it hard and tough, you know, and just really hard. And uh, the other bloke was Forrester Grayson from Redcliffe, yeah. you know. Yeah, good Forrester. And, uh, you know, surprised that we've become really good friends, you know, over the years. Nice. With Aim and he ended up moving into the next street with us at Woodridge, you know. So our kids grew up together and we just become really good friends. And, and the same with Forrester. 
had some blokes that come down from uh, Townsville that he knew, you know, ring me up to come over and spend a bit of time with them, have a beer. I'm just trying to think of their names. And, but, uh, they used to terrorise people up there in the Foley Shields, you know, Fra Frank and uh, Vern, oh, Vern Daisy. Daisy. Frank Daisy and brothers. Daisy. Yeah, yeah, I got right. to meet them and spend a bit of time with them, you know, they're good blokes. Very, Very nice. nice. Langlands Park, Langlands Park, girl. Going back when you when uh, you were there with with the Tigers, what what are your memories of the of the old Langlands Park as as uh, as you knew it? Mate, you couldn't believe it. You know, fabulous supporters. They just turn out in their droves. They'd be there barracking for you, you know, and screaming for you, and just want to be every part of the team, you know. And after the games, we go into the clubhouse and you get to meet them and mingle with them and. We just made it such a big part of our club, you know. Just wonderful supporters, mate, you know. It was a different era back then, wasn't it? It was. They just turned up and supported you to the bloody hills, you know. Yeah. We just had such a great club, you know, from doctors, Dr Nick Conwas and uh, Stan, he's offside at the time, to, you know, the committee people. And, you know, that's why you played so well, you know. Everything yeah. was, you know, you they put in, you put in, you know, they present you the, as best they can on the field, so you, you represent a, a lot of people. Berkey and I were, were talking, Berkey and I were just talking recently about those crowds at the, um, at those old BRL games, mate. Um, I mean, we always, we knew that uh, Lang Park always got a crowd, but people didn't realise pre-Broncos of how many people came out to the suburban grounds. Oh, mate, it was just incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I really, really love their rugby, you know. And uh, here's the one strider. If you ever scanned through it, you might have seen it. I got hurt one day. I mean, Elder's brother, <laughs> Elder's brother jumped a fence. He was going to go and sort him out. Lines and the police had to grab him. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Alan, can I just fast forward? We um, we spoke. You and I spoke a week or so in prep for the show, and there's now the Alan Curry Medal, which is a, a wonderful honour for someone like yourself and and the uh, Curry family. Um, can you maybe just let us know and, and let the viewers know what, what the Alan Curry Medal stands for, please? Well, with East being involved in the Indigenous Round, and they have an Indigenous Round at East each year, mm -hmm. and they, this is how the medal come around, and they rang me and asked me would I be willing to be a part of it and be made if I could do a medal in my name to represent to the East player on the day. And I said, yeah, it'd be a wonderful thing to be a part of. Yeah. Pretty Mr. Gita Gita boy. <laughs> your, your best uh, on-field sledge going back in the days when you were playing, Al, is there one that uh, sticks in your memory? Well, not, not really, you know, I just, I've gone through it and scanning and I just can't remember, you know, you know what sledges are like, they try to get you off your game, yeah. you know, while you're trying to get even with them, they play football, well, old Teddy was too smart for those sort of things, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I, I can't remember, you know, people trying to have a go at you, you know, like 90% of the blokes are just feeding and blokes. Out to play a game of football and enjoy the game and compete the same as you and you know you're just just great blokes you know yeah mate Alan can I just um, I was reading an article last night 
from uh, Tony Curry uh, in a QRL magazine last year. And Tony Curry was a wonderful Queensland winger, Australian winger, Canterbury Premiership player, West Premiership player. And the regard he has for you and the impact that you've had on, on his life and on thinking other people's lives as well. I'll just read you a little bit what he said. You may not have seen the article. He says, my uncle Alan, who I regard as my mentor, I tried to emulate everything Alan did. He won the Rothmans gold medal as I did. He won a premiership with East. I won one with Wes. He married his childhood sweetheart and so did I. My life mirrored his. Like they're, they're powerful words. It's, it's wonderful to have impact. A lot's talking about Mentors Day and role models, but you've, you've really had a, a massive impact for Tony. Yeah, fortunate to have some wonderful nephews. He's been a, I've known him, you know, since he's a kid, knocked around with him and uh, just thinks so much of me. He just, uh, it's quite marvellous, you know, and I, uh, we're still keeping in contact with each other quite well. And he, he called in and had a cup of tea with us yesterday on his way home from the coast. And, uh, but yeah, he's just, just a great kid, you know, and he's had a goal in his life where he wanted to go and what he wanted to do. And, just a little bit of direction here and there. It's just, he's just a wonderful kid, you know. Nice. Yeah. Do you still keep in contact with a lot of your East East players? Do you do, do you still see them around at reunions and so on? Well, I, I say to people, I wish the train line was went right past East. I could hop on it and briefly hop off and go there. But I'm quite fortunate. My daughter, you know, if I go, she'll drop me there and pick me up and. But sometimes I just like to take the train ride, you know, from Beanley and get off up Dutton Park there and walk up the hill and get a cab over to East and walk in prison into the clubhouse and catch up with some of the people in their private games and probably only do it twice or three times a year if I'm lucky, you know. Yeah. Last time I went to was Langy was there after his old mischievous self. You know? <laughs> I caught up with him, you know, and I was that uh, that day they had the Alan Curry medal, you know. And Fantastic. That, and that was yeah, quite a good day. It's great that you still keep in contact uh, and you don't forget where you come from, Al, because um, I, I suppose in essence this is the reason why Berkey and I are doing this show is to remember players like you because there was really nothing out there to, um, you know, remember the, the, the good times that, uh, you know, that the BRL had back then and players such as yourself. So for you to still keep going back there to where where it all started for you, you know, it's uh, it's a testament to yourself and, and that you haven't forgotten where you come from, mate. And I, I think that's a, a really a very important thing in, in the history of the game. It is, yeah. Just wonderful to catch up with people. Even still the old supporters still go down, you know, it's good to catch up with them. They still really like reminiscing about the old days and the, yeah. the games that were played at Langlands, you know. You, just, you couldn't, as you said, you, You've been to them games and the old home games. You couldn't bloody move, could you? Oh, Just the wonderful supporters that turned up to support their teams and their club and to catch up with them later in the clubhouse was just great. Yeah, it was a real family day at those suburban grounds. It was a it was a real uh, it was a passion to get there for C grade through to the end of A grade back into the club. It was a it was a wonderful time in a lot of people's lives. Um, Alan, look, we'll, we want to wrap it up here, mate, but. Look, on behalf of myself and Mike and, and, and all the BRL tragics who love watching you play, um, you've left an indelible mark, Rothman's medal, three premierships, a wonderful rich life. Um, we really want to thank you for your time today, Alan. It's really much appreciated. 
Yes, David, thanks for having me, mate. Mike, it's been great to do it with his mate. Thanks, Alan. Take care. Absolutely. Okay, nice to speak with you, Alan. Take Thank care. You. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you, mate.